Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Hope you're having a wonderful Monday as well right now. Hope you guys are staying strong and healthy. I was uh, gator hunting again over the weekend, finishing some tags up for the end of season, so that was definitely a, a good time, knocking some of those bad boys out of the water. And again, it's always interesting. I always encourage people to make sure some of the stuff we were, some of the swamp we were in, some of the real low parts. Always be cautious when you're going up to water, bodies of water in the state of Florida. You know, there was one point that we saw one that it basically had kind of nuzzled its way down in the mud up by the shoreline. And uh, we, dis- he, we lost them, but we saw the bubbles. And what's interesting is, you know, he was only probably about 12 to 18 inches under the water right up by the shoreline. And uh, we got him with a treble hook and was trying to drag him out. But it's interesting to me, a lot of times people don't realize that these things sit right under the base of the shoreline. So be very cautious when you're approaching bodies of water in the state of Florida. That's why a lot of places have signs up. Be cautious of gators because some of these times they can be hiding and you don't even know they're right under the water line. And so you're basically right on top of them. So something to be aware of if you're down here in Florida. Just want to give you guys a heads up. And again, Thank you for the emails and support of Health Masters. I've been going through some today, getting caught up on some stuff. You guys know if you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. And the product of the week, a lot of people have been jumping on that sale right now, the one and only HGH Stimulate for over 12% off right now at healthmasters.com. So be sure to check that out on the website. If you guys need anything, be sure to give us a call if you got any questions. And also, too, vote for what you want to see when coming up in the next couple of days. It looks like the D3-10,000K2 our one and only formula, extremely high dose D3 with K2, credible for the immune system. That product looks like it's going to win if the votes keep going up on us. So be sure to vote if you want to see that win coming up this Wednesday. One of the first things that I saw, and I, I wanted to kind of touch base on it, is a positive article. Recent data provided by the Department of Health and Human Services has revealed that barely 2% of Americans have received the new updated shot essentially since it's been rolled out. Now, again, this shot has only been out now for the last few months, or excuse me, the last few weeks, but they're saying now that this new vaccine is authorized and that everybody needs to go and get it. However, they're seeing that essentially nobody's going to get the shot at all. Like they're not seeing any uptick, any demand. And what's happening now as well is that a lot of people have started to get information and data and research and true stories from real people that have had side effects and very strange things that we've watched now over the years after years, you know, last three years where you're having extremely healthy people, healthy individuals, young individuals with no health problems whatsoever, suddenly dropping dead with heart attacks and having all kinds of myocarditis and pericarditis, which has been something that has literally never occurred before. And so a lot of people now I think are really starting to look at this. But again, when I saw the numbers revealing and essentially hardly anyone is having a demand to get this shot. Kudos to everyone. Continue to get the research out there and wake people up. And the biggest thing, though, you've got to make sure is you're waking up parents. If they're going to the pediatrician's office to make sure they know that these pediatricians are trying to put this new COVID RNA shot that got no research whatsoever other than 10 mice on the Pfizer clinical trial, 10 mice for this new shot, 
they got it approved for emergency use authorization for six-month-olds and older. So be sure you're doing some research and trying to encourage parents to do their own research as well, because I personally think that's where the direction of this is trying to go, is getting this on the childhood shot schedule to cause more and more health problems in young children, because quite frankly, the general population in the United States now is not getting the shot, according to these numbers from the Department of Health and Human Services. Just thought I would throw that out there. Also, too, in other news, this is something that's very interesting. <laughs> I, you know, Last week, we talked about it, and again, my condolences to anyone that was involved up there in Maine and that shooting. This whole thing now has become one of the most, again, most bizarre, I guess you could say, setup shootings we've ever watched as far as in the last few years now, where this individual now, this the guy, basically this Robert Card, that allegedly murdered these individuals at these two locations, at the, um, the uh, restaurant and also the bowling alley, suddenly they have a two-and-a-half-day-long manhunt, and then suddenly they find him with a self-reported gunshot wound to the head at a main recycling center uh, by a bunch of dumpsters by himself. And, I, I mean, you can't even make this stuff up as far as how this always goes with some of these shootings. And, quite frankly, it's what I've told you guys before, and we've discussed it. Why in the world is it almost every single time you have an alleged mass shooting with these guys that they turn around and go kill themselves in some obscure way by themselves and nobody can report on it? How is it that you have feds and FBI agents that can go find an 80-year-old grandma out in Nebraska and arrest her for trespassing on Capitol grounds on January 6th, but yet they take two and a half days to find this guy and he allegedly killed himself eight miles away from this crime scene? This, this, this again, these stories don't line up, and this is always how you see these mass shootings where these guys that are suddenly so aggressive, so proficient allegedly with firearms, so loaded for bear with magazines and carriers and everything they need, and suddenly they go do the shooting, and then suddenly they're found dead somewhere with no witnesses and nobody knows what happened. Again, bizarre incident. My condolences to anybody who was involved in this, but again, this is starting to become very irritating because as we're starting to watch now here, this is now starting to become a regular, reoccurring, almost permanent fixture in the United States now with these false flags that turn into just gun-grabbing experiments to see how far they can try to come in and restrict firearm laws – excuse me, restrict firearm rights with more laws. And what's crazy about this is you're seeing this more and more now to be – this is becoming a – Almost just a normal topic, a normal standpoint of these these shootings occurring, and they're always the exact same way. Ironically enough, you've got the Biden administration and other groups now that are calling out immediately for U.S. officials in Congress to put in massive restrictions on gun laws and add in more gun safety laws to make sure that nobody has access to a firearm that doesn't need one. Surprise, surprise. You already knew they were going to pull this. But at the same time, you actually have even the Daily Mail that's coming out now and saying that Venezuela's worst gangsters have now crossed in the United States illegally and are unleashing chaos in Dallas, Chicago, and Miami. Now, this article goes into detail now about what we've been watching with the alleged crime syndicate, essentially, with cartels, with mobsters, with ex-communist security forces, with militias from Venezuela that have crossed in the southern border. And they go into detail in this article. I'll post on the website of how crazy it has gotten. They have said now, just in, the, just in 2023, 334,914 Venezuela citizens have crossed into the U.S. in fiscal year 2023. Now they're saying now a huge portion of these guys are ex-security forces, professional criminals, and part of criminal organizations that were part of the Maduro regime. 
to talk about this in detail now. And they're saying now there's this, these areas in Dallas, one of them called Villa Dallas, is now descending in such mayhem. They said peaceful apartment complex has now been turned into scenes of illegal street racing, beatings, shootings, and extortion attempts. Well, migrants who recently made the trek through several countries to reach America are seeking asylum. They're saying now that individuals are starting to come in that are not looking for asylum, and they're there to start controlling this as far as in a mob-style way, where they're going in and breaking windows out, beating men essentially almost to death in the parking lots, and driving through and doing anything they want, including firing weapons into the air just recklessly because they're essentially taking these things over. I told you guys when I warned you about this with the southern border, we all knew about this. We knew this is what the overall goal with this is to turn the United States essentially into this third world country to where essentially it's just total lawlessness. And that way the order out of chaos can ensue. That's why right at the same time in Albuquerque, New Mexico last month, you have the governor that comes in and says law-abiding citizens can't carry firearms legally in any of these major cities, yet – they're having problems with drive-by shootings from cartel members. It makes no sense, but again, it shows you that they're trying to play the, the card of helping and forcing the cartel members essentially to be able to do anything they want while restricting law-abiding citizens from being able to actually exercise their freedom. So again, this is another reason why I have really encouraged everyone to make sure you are staying proficient with any training, shooting, even if it's just, I mean, going to the range and squeezing rounds off and practicing on your magazine changes and just some basic stuff, even if it's just that, but do it on a regular basis, even if it's every you know, three or four weeks. There's also other little kits out there they make now with laser bore sites where you can actually go in and convert your gun to do like laser shooting so you're not burning ammunition. You can work on target practice in your own home. Obviously, be proficient and be safe if you're using those devices and make sure all firearms are unloaded before you start using those in there. But there's a lot of options out there right now, but I'm telling you, I've let you guys know on this, this is going to start becoming a very rampant problem here in the United States now because we literally have an open door at the southern border with the Krispy Kreme hot sign on telling everyone we got hot donuts for everybody for free come here and basically live how you want and we're going to disarm the american populace or attempt to do so while we're doing it so again this is why you got to exercise your rights you got to stay proficient you got to use situational awareness and have conversations with your family and your loved ones about that as well when they're out and about what do you think dad and how are you doing this morning on this magnificent monday we got going on down here in florida oh yeah you know basically uh, you i love your entry introductions as uh, your, your your first segment also is amazing uh, quite frankly, I, I, let me give you, let me give you some, just a heads up here. Yesterday, I was walking around Lake Hollingsworth in Lakeland, which is another gator-infested swamp lake, and uh, we were basically uh, walking. I had a I had a date with me, and we were walking around the lake after church, and it was interesting to me because a lady comes walking up Austin, and she had a dog with her, which is like you know, bring the dinner dinner bells for the gators. The gators will come out of the water to get the dog, to get the dog. I mean, they love to eat dogs. And between her, the dog and the lake was her little three-year-old son, looked like three to four years old, walking next to the water between the dog and the lady. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I said, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. You can do what you want to do. And I said, but this lake's got gators in it, big gators. And I said, that's a dinner bell you're carrying on that leash. And you got the sun between the dinner bell and the water. And I said, you'd be better off to put your son on the other side. So if the gator comes up, it'll at least grab the dog instead of grabbing your son. 
And of course, Austin, it was completely and totally ignored. <laughs> and, I, and, and, I, and I sit there and it's the same thing happened. Remember, I had that tranny walking on the Banfleet Trail a few weeks ago and they had a dog. And I told them there was like an eight foot, seven foot gator right down, you know, a couple hundred yards down on the right. And they need to be careful with the dog because it's ringing the dinner bell again. You know, I'm, I'm going to say this for, for the folks that don't understand what Florida is. Florida is a swamp. You know, with little islands built up around it, and there are some higher areas in central Florida. But the reality is, is that there are alligators everywhere here, and there are big alligators everywhere here. Where Austin was, you know, basically training in Lake Jessamine, you know, trying to collect another tag. There's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of gators in this giant lake because it's a re, it's a colony where they throw them back in after they've relocated because the environmentalists don't want them shot. They all need to be killed when they're taken out of a freshwater lake instead of put back in Lake Jessup because they migrate. They, they walk around. You know, they have legs. They can also get on ground. People don't get that. And, and the crazy part about this is, is that, you know, you have these giant gators. We, I went, the other day I went over to Circle P um, Ranch, and they had the entire trails next to the water closed off. I told you guys this because it was gator mating season, and they were all laying on their nests, and they knew that people walked through there. There was a very high probability, especially if they had a pet with them, that they're going to be – the pet's going to be eaten, and they're going to be eaten, and everybody else going to get eaten. You know, this is not a joke here. We have cottonmouth moccasins that are unbelievably aggressive. We have pretty much every known pit viper on the planet here, except for some of the really exotic ones in Florida, and we have these giant alligators, and on top of everything else, now we have pythons and, you know, and, you know, and boa constrictors and all kinds of other things in the Everglades. I mean – this place is not for the faint of heart. This is the anti-come-to-Florida commercial for the show today. <laughs> just, just but, but be aware when you're walking around swamps. Watch the video of the lady walking her dog, and the gator comes up to grab the dog. She's on a golf course. She tries to beat the gator off. The dog gets away. She gets dragged down into the water, and the alligator kills her. She's like 80 years old because she's stupid. She never had the experience of understanding what lurks beneath the water. And Austin's right. They will lay in the mud flats right underneath the water, and they can see you. They got their eyes open. You know, you're kind of blurry to them, but they can see you. They have that, that, that nicotating membrane on their eye. And always remember that, that these animals are specifically designed for several things, for killing, you know, fighting, and breeding, and sleeping. And that's all they care about. They, they don't care about you. You are not – a human to them you are a food source to them always remember that now also also talk about the hgh stimulate i've got a warning for you on the hgh stimulate all right this is a warning and this is going to be kind of a pg rated warning but just be careful with it it's going to massively increase your libido in most cases and if you're going to take this product you better talk to your wife about it just heads up uh, because it's going to change a lot of things in your life because it's like a natural Viagra that, that, that doesn't make you go blind or deaf. It, and it really, really works because it has, you know, it has the folate in it. You know, it's got all the, uh, it's got the, uh, it's got the uh, ar- arginine in it. It's got the citrulline, which is even better than arginine. And it massively stimulates the pituitary gland to release human growth hormone. And it also puts nitric oxide in the system, which allows your reproductive organs to work. And so be careful with it if you're be using this. And make sure you talk to your wife about it. It also helps to really stabilize healthy blood pressure. It's a great product. I use it on an ongoing basis. I love it. So HGH stimulant on sale now for a couple more days. It's a phenomenal product. I mean, I, I don't know how to say any more positive things about it. It's, it's one of the best products that we carry, and we ship it globally just for high blood pressure as far as helping maintain healthy blood pressure. So it's really that kind of product. But I want, I want to cover a couple of those things with you real, real quick. But be very, very, very careful, very careful in these areas where these Venezuelan gangs have come in, 
because Austin's right. And it's not just it's not just the Venezuelan gangs. I don't always pick on Venezuela. You have a lot of organized crime gangs, you know, the Costa Nostra and all the rest of these guys coming in from different countries into the United States. And a lot of them are coming in armed. If they don't come in armed, they're being armed. And a lot of these armaments that are coming out of the Ukraine, which are being trafficked all over the world, are being sent to these gangs to be put into sleeper cells all over the world in all these different countries in order to create chaos. Austin's exactly right. And then we have this guy who supposedly did the shooting in Maine. They find him dead by a dumpster. Again, more strangeness because we can't question him or ask him any questions as far as why he did what he did. I mean, did somebody wind him up and turn him loose? You know, that one born identity. I guess it was that last one, the guy who basically plays uh, in those Marvel comic books movies also. He was Jason Bourne, and, the, and I forgot the name of it. But the, but the reality is they said you know, they had a scientist go into a laboratory and get wound up, turned him loose, and he started killing all the other scientists because they wound him up and let him go. You know, MK Ultra is very, very real. Mind control is very, very real. It was really fine-tuned during Tavistock and all the rest of this stuff. And so it, it's, it's an interesting experience to be in when you see all of this stuff and understand who they really are. Now, I started on this article the other day, and I didn't finish it. And it says, the four horsemen of the apocalypse bring death, disease, famine, and pestilence following the World War. It says, international bank studies, using 150 years of data, show that metabanks, like the big four in the U.S., produce financial instability in more severe crises. It took eight years of research to compile a data set of the annual balance sheets of more than 11,000 commercial banks dating back to 1870 and 17 advanced economies. And in every country, the study arrived at the same conclusion, concentrating the banking system in the hands of five or less giant banks and families, just mentioned that, leads to financial instability and more severe financial crises. The bank balances sheets of the following countries were examined, Australia, Belgium, Canada, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, and the United States, all Rothschild controlled banking cartels. Just mention that. The 150 year banking study decided, decided survival of the biggest large banks in financial crisis. Its authors are Matthew Barron of Cornell University, Moritz Schaderich of Kiel University for the World Economy and Sciences, and Kasmar Zimmerman of the Leipzig Institute for Financial Research. Another key finding of the study showed, first, we find that large banks are substantially less likely to fail in banking crisis than smaller banks. Smaller banks also tend to be absorbed at a high rate by large banks in the aftermath of crises. As a consequence, the market share of the large banks tend to grow in crises, making them even more dominant, more powerful going forward. We call this repeated pattern during crisis the survival of the biggest. We showed that the aftermath of the banking crisis can account for 40% of the total increase in top five banks' assets share across history. Now, the other day, I had a a good friend of mine, Terry, asked me a question. Do these banks and these organizations basically start smaller startup companies in order to reabsorb them? And the truth is sometimes they will do that. You see that with you know, you know, a lot of the big people like you know, Bill Gates and all the rest of that stuff. They were all funded through these international banking cartels. But in many cases, what they do is they wait until a person who is an entrepreneur starts up a company, builds the company, grows the company – and you saw you see that with you know with Oakley sunglasses, and then they come back in and they force them to sell their shares, and they force them and they absorb them. In other words, they don't create anything, but they steal the assets in many cases of these companies through buyouts, etc., in order to control them. That's exactly what State Street, BlackRock, and Vanguard does, and that's what the Bloodline families have done for you know hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. It's always what they do. They don't really have the ability to create and have the entrepreneurship, in, you know, in most cases. 
they come in and they buy existing companies, and that's how they continue to consolidate control. Really important. And this is another article from Sachina Substack, and it said basically the banking cartel is behind the plot to enslave humanity. And um, you know, you know, when you when you when you actually look at this, it says, you know, remember what uh, Paul Wilberg well, Paul Wilberg said in you know in 1950, February the 17th, we shall have a world government, whether you like it or not. The only question is whether the world government will be achieved by conquest or consent. James Paul Warburg, whose family also co-founded the Federal Reserve Bank. And when you understand that these guys are really doing this and they're the ones that are pushing it, you start to understand who they are and why they're doing what they are. The shareholders of the banks which own the stock of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York are the people who have controlled our political and economic destiny since 1914 when Woodrow Wilson did what he did. They're the Rothschild, the Lazarus Fries, Israel Seth, Kuhn Lieb, Warburg. Lehman Brothers, Goldman Sachs, the Rockefeller family, and the J.B. Morgan interest. And J.B. Morgan was all, again, Rothschild. Here are the card-carrying shareholders of the Federal Reserve. Again, the Rothschild banks of England, I list them all. I'm not going to read them all over again. While wars and revolutions have been useful to international bankers in gaining or increasing control over governments, the key to such control has always been the control of money. You can control a government if you have it in your debt. A creditor is in a position to demand the privileges of monopoly from the sovereign. Money-seeking governments have granted monopolies in state banking, natural resources, oil concessions, and transportation. However, the monopoly which the international financiers most covet is control over the nation's money. Gary Allen in his book, None Dare Call It a Conspiracy, which everybody needs to read that book, by the way. And this is the thing that people are always asking me. These guys hide behind in the shadows because they don't want you to know who they are because they don't want you to call them out for who they are because they want to remain anonymous. But listen to me. They're always blaming everything on all these other groups. Oh, this group's doing this. The Council on 300, this group, this group, the Bilderberg. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Money makes the world go round, like that old cabaret's line. It's just, it's just, it's what does it. Without the money, it is the oil, it is the grease to the economic world engine and to the control of humanity by these international globalist, Luciferian synagogue of Satan bankers who run the show. It's always these guys, and when you understand that, it starts making more sense. Without money, there is no commerce. There is no buying or selling unless you have bartering. That's it. So you have to have the money. It's what greases the tracks of the economic world engine. That's why these guys had the power to shut down the economic world engine and close down millions of businesses because of COVID. And Donald Trump facilitated that. Always remember this. And so you have to understand who they are and what they are and why they're continuing to do what they continue to do on an ongoing basis as far as destruction of humanity because they hate human beings. To them, you're just another – how should I say uh, – <laughs> just another roach. You know, these be sprayed with bug spray. I mean that, that's all they are. Oh, by the way, the, uh, the, 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 the destruction in Gaza now is incredible what is happening. I mean thousands of sorties, thousands of strikes. I mean, it's actually, you know, unreal how these, these Israeli tanks are in Gaza City, which on the brink of social collapses from the Daily Mail. So the workers are warning, you know, the Israeli Defense Force troops are pelted with rocks. They also carry out raids on Palestinian armed guards in the West Bank. Okay, here's what they're doing. Fears for more than 2 million living in the small territory are rapidly rising. The U.S. official raised concern about potential for infectious diseases in the enclave because the water, the food, the electricity has been cut off. They're getting hit with rocks. They're wearing full body armor. They're wearing helmets. They're wearing shields. They're wearing body armor. They're wearing everything. They're coming in with machine guns and killing people while the people are throwing rocks back at them. This is asymmetrical warfare. This is as bad as it gets. And you know, and then they say, well, we had hang gliders coming in and, and, and pelting Israel with, you know, with grenades or whatever. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
they're dropping thousands and thousands and thousands of bombs now. Uh, and then Benjamin Netanyahu had them to stand down when they were basically being attacked. That was a precipitating incident. You know, it's insane to me that they're going in and killing all these women and children. It really is. You know, on October 29th to 30th, Israeli Air Force strikes 600 targets across an enclave in Gaza. On t- October the 29th, 33 aid trucks enter Gaza through the Rafin crossing. Gaza City, 30 IDF tanks enter the Gaza City on October the 30th. Ramallah, West Bank's protesters throw stones, throw stones at tanks as the IDF conducts raids and murders these people. I mean, you know, it's unreal. Now they're gassing them, too. They're da- gassing the tunnels. And, and you said, well, what the heck, man? You know, didn't they say that they got gassed, you know, in concentration camps in Germany and now they're reaching out and they're gassing them, too? Yeah, well, that's kind of odd, isn't it? But we'll not go right there right now. Uh, here's an article, Deport Him. Supermodel Gigi Hadid's father is blasted for post comparing the Israelis to the Nazis. Read you what he said. It's an interesting post that he put out there. And I, I really don't know what else to say, but he says, you know, the Nazis founded on Aryan supremacy. Israel was founded on Jewish supremacy. The Nazis expelled millions from their homes. Israel expelled millions from their homes. The Nazis put racial groups in ghettos and camps, i.e. Auschwitz. Uh, Israel put racial groups in ghettos and camps, i.e. Gaza. Nazis basically used dehumanizing language for undesirables. Israel's using dehumanizing language for undesirables. The Nazis enforced collective punishments. The, you know, Israeli enforced collective punishments. The Nazis' signature method was gas chambers. The Nazi, the Israeli signature method is gas chambers, you know, gassing the tunnels and carpet bombing. I mean, he's getting eviscerated on social media for saying this. I'm reading his quotes. I'm just reading what it says. This is a Breitbart article. I'm reading what he said. So I got to ask you a question. Where is he wrong? I'm asking you that. I mean, you go, okay, well, they got they have some hang ladders dropping some, some, some bombs on them or some hand grenades or whatever. Okay, so that, that justifies killing two million people. Uh, and, and, and the Israeli military was told to stand down for all that. So there you go. And, and so, you know, you know, even, you know, Angelina Jolie, who I have absolutely no respect for whatsoever, is saying that you can't justify killing millions of people because of a few Hamas terrorists. And she's absolutely right. And so all of these people are out there now saying, you know, what, we, what we've been saying now for weeks. What the heck? I mean, why in the world is it OK for them to do this and do, to run it like this? Here's the article here from Information Liberation. Israeli planning to flood Hamas tunnels with nerve gas under the U.S. Navy supervision. Yeah, that's something that sounds like really that's going to be humanitarian. So they say, they say the Israeli soldiers are fighting the Hamas terrorists. I guess those are the little children that are six and eight years old that are throwing little rocks at them. I guess those are the Hamas terrorists. I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm going off on a level on a ledge here on this. That's enough. It's just enough. You know, we support the number one homosexual destination of the world with Israel. Gay parades would you know, bring out 450,000 people. They absolutely hate Christians. They have an atavistic hatred of Jesus Christ. And we're supporting them no matter what they do and how many people they kill. It's like that one lady who was on the show many years ago, who I would never bring back on, told me that even if Israel caused World War III and destroyed the entire planet, that she would support them for their decision. That's how brainwashed she was from the Schofield Reference Bible. But guys, listen to me. You know, God's a great God. You know, and we have to understand something. You know, when Jesus came down on this earth, he was in the form of God. He was the exact representation of God Almighty. You know, when Adam and Eve were basically built by God, they were basically like a reflection, like an image of God. They were not in the form of God. 
you know, we don't have the ability that God has. You know, we're not omnipresent present or omniscient or omnipotent. We're, we're not any of those things. Now, when we become linked to God through the Holy Spirit, through a blood covenant through Jesus, which I've talked about many times on the show, he'll share with us, you know, a tiny little fraction, probably a billionth of one percent or whatever, you know, of what we learn and the knowledge that we have to start making better decisions. So I ask you guys always, don't follow what we tell you to do without researching what we've said to verify that what we said is accurate. It's important that you understand that because, I mean, I make mistakes every once in a while. You know, it often does. None of us are perfect. Sometimes we get a new story wrong. But listen to me. You got to look at this thing. If it quacks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, if it acts like a duck, if it flies like a duck, there's a real high probability it's a stinking duck. And, you know, and you've got to understand that. And a lot of this stuff that we talk to you about on an ongoing basis is the only way the scenario plays out. That's why I did Angel Wars. I mean, we, I mean, God, we have ancient monuments in this, on this planet that were here before the pre-Adamic flood. I mean, they've been around for a long, long time. You know, and, and, we, and we have to figure out where they came from. And that's why we talked about it in, in Angel Wars and in detail. This planet is basically – it's prison planet Earth is what it is. It's a beautiful prison planet. It's nice. It's all we know. But we've been put down here and locked up with these, these entities. And we have to realize that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against these entities that are down here with us. And as long as we understand that and we stand our ground and we hold firm to the word of God, we start to realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. That this is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. And I'm not going to be affected by the world news in a negative way. I'm not going to do that, and I don't want you guys to be either. We're here for a little bit of time, but James says we're but a mist. We're here for a little while, we're a vapor, and then we're gone. In my mind, I look back, you know, and I, I remember yesterday I was talking to the lady that I was walking around. Her name is Vicki. I was walking around the lake with her over Lake Hollingsworth and trying to avoid gators. And I remember I, I, I showed her a picture of me, you know, in college, you know, the week after I'd won the Mr. Tallahassee contest bodybuilding photo. And I said, you know, we were all young once. And I said, it's important to raise little alpha males, little alpha grandchildren, you know, for men. It's important to show them how they can be strong and be powerful and have the ability to protect their families and raise them the right way. And see, that's what we have to understand as Christians. We have tremendous power with constraint because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. It dwells in you. And we have the ability when we pray to change the fabric of space-time. That's why, that's why I tell you, don't pray in precatory prayers. That's such a shallow form of Christianity. It is so against what God's word says and what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount. Pray that people get exposed. Pray that people come to knowledge of Jesus. Pray that they, they learn from their mistakes. Pray all of that. That's fine. But don't be praying death and cursing people in Jesus' name. Don't be doing stuff like that. It's not it's, – it's practicing witchcraft is what it is. And you got to ask yourself a question. I'm going to ask you this. If a person really believes it's okay to curse people in Jesus' name, how deep is their Christianity? What kind of depth do they really have as far as the love walk? What kind of Christianity are they practicing? They're always angry and always mad and always yelling and screaming and super negative about everything. No. We walk in divine health. We are led by the spirit of the most high God. It doesn't matter what happens on this planet. It doesn't matter how you, how you handle what happens on this planet. You can control your attitude. Somebody asked me the other day. They said, you know, you're always in a good mood. You're always happy. You always feel great. I said, yeah. And they said, when did, why do you always feel great? I said, because back in 1979, 
when I accepted Jesus Christ and I got truly became a truly committed Christian, I decided that from that day forward, including this day right now that I'm talking to you guys, I was going to have a good attitude because if God is for me, who could be against me? I mean, we have little minor things that happen. Everybody's got to deal with, you know, with, you know, with problem solutions and we've got to deal with challenges. We've all got that. But the reality is, is how do you have your attitude when you're doing it? Do you have a positive attitude? You got a negative attitude. You know, we all get the same choice. You have a positive attitude or a negative attitude. And that's how we should always live our life to realize that we can do all things through Christ because he leads us in the way we should go through the Holy Spirit. He'll direct the course and our actions. I told another friend the other day, if you don't know, don't go. Just be careful. Don't put yourself into a cascading series of events that you can't control. I'm going to repeat that. The Ted Brower quote, don't put yourself into a cascading series of events that you can't control. People do that all the time. They buy a car they don't need with money they don't have, with payments they can't make, or the same thing with a house or toys. And suddenly they put themselves into a cascading flow against the international banking communities who suddenly want to get paid back. And suddenly you realize that the paperwork that you signed tells them, that tells you, and you agree to it, they can come seize your stuff and put liens on you, and you set yourself in this cascading series of events that now you're out of control with it. Now they're coming over and taking your stuff. And they're putting liens on you. And if you don't have homestead exemption, they're going to take your house from you. And they'll, they'll rip your very bed out from underneath you. I mean, I had a guy one time. He, he was uh, basically uh, borrowed a bunch of, you know, bought a bunch of stuff from Badcock, Badcock Home Furnishings. And the guy from Badcock came in, you know, who didn't pay for the carpeting and with a doggone cutting knife and cut the carpet out in his house from around the furniture that he basically, you know, owned. He took the carpet out. I mean, just took it out. Now, he wasn't supposed to do that. And my friend didn't realize this guy couldn't legally do it, but he did. He came and actually ripped the carpeting out with a razor knife. You think, what the heck? This is the kind of stuff that happens when you set yourself in a series of cascading events that you can't control. You get a lease that's too high. You can't make the lease payment. You don't want to get a roommate because you don't want to have to have a roommate to deal with. Okay, I got it. You want to, you know, you want to have animals. And the thing, is, the thing that's, that's amazing to me is there's so many people out there that are struggling struggling financially, but they may have three or four dogs and three or four cats living in the house with them. And now they're paying all the food and all the vet bills and all the rest of this stuff for these dogs and cats, but they can't make the car payment. And you, and you got to ask yourself a question. Why are you putting yourself in a series of cascading events that you can't control? And why is it so important to have pets that you can't keep, that you can't afford? And I see this over and over and over and over and over again. Especially now that I'm in this crazy, date, this crazy dating world. I mean, it's just unreal the mistakes that people make. And that's why I talked about it the other day. You know, the guy's got the left brain dominated logical hemisphere. The wife's got the right brain, you know, dominated, you know, creative hemisphere. You put them both together, you get a complete brain. You become one flesh. You got a great marriage. You can work together if you try to work together to make things work. You know, and so people have to learn that there's certain things they've got to make choices about at a very, very young age. And they have to choose what they want to do with the rest of their lives. And it happens very, very young. You find all these people in their 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, their whole life has been this disaster. One after another, after another, after another, after another. And the only common denominator they have is them. You know, and, they, and they're always going to other people for support or for help or whatever. And they never, ever figure out that maybe they just need to change their own lifestyles. I don't know where all that came from this morning, but I'm just going to preach a little bit about that. But you guys, listen to me. Think about what you're doing. Don't put yourself into a series of cascading. Here's what a cascading event is. You take a set of dominoes and you put them in a circle and they automatically reset. It's a magical reset on it, right? And so as you push the button, the dominoes start to fall. 
and now they reset, 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 and you're in a continual cascade of these events. It's like a never-ending cycle of mistakes. Which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Then you can't step out of the cycle. It's a cascading series of events. And you think, well, how do I get out of this? Well, you've got to just rely on God. And somebody needs to stop a domino from dropping. One, is, one day you just have to say, I don't want to drop any more dominoes. and I've got to quit this. That's the key here. You always have to make sure that you stop the domino drop. If you've got a car that you can't make payments on, you might want to get rid of it. Just saying. If you've got a boat that's collecting dust, birds are pooping on it, but you're still making payments on it. Hope and pray you got equity in it and you can get rid of it. All of this stuff sometimes has to be eliminated in order to stop the cascade. But I'm, I'm, I'm done now. Also, what do you think, buddy? What do you think about cascading series of events? <laughs> they can happen very quickly, especially in finances. And, you know, one of the things that I have continually warned people about for the last few years now has been the, being cautious. And actually, in my opinion, don't touch them is the electric car vehicle industry. You know, during the COVID peak in 2021, I saw people going and paying, you know, twenty and $30,000 over a sticker for certain vehicles, including electric vehicles, now that which have now plummeted. Ironically enough, now there's multiple articles that have come out, including one that just came out three days ago. It says, auto executives are coming clean. EVs aren't working. It says, with the signs of growing inventory and slowing sales, auto industry executives admitted this week that their ambitious electric plans are in jeopardy. They said several C-suite leaders at some of the biggest car makers voiced fresh unease about the electric car market's growth as concerns about the viability of these vehicles. They want to say here that from GM to Ford and all across the board now, including Mercedes-Benz, they're having huge discounts by several thousand dollars and up to 10% rebates on these to try to basically move inventory. They said the inventory is building up at dealerships and essentially vehicle dealers aren't even taking allocations at some point now. GM now is now scrapping their co-development sub-plan as far as with Honda on their $30,000 EV platform. They're stopping that now. They're, not, they're no longer going on with that. Ford now has hit the brakes on their $12 billion EV spending because of the cost. The other company that I saw earlier now that's basically going into detail says Mercedes shares have fallen over 6%. As profit falls over brutal EV pricing, they said it comes as traditional automakers sell EVs for less than regular combustion engine cars with massive rebates. And when individuals are going back to trade these cars in, they're getting virtually nothing for them on resale value, which is making people even more hesitant on buying these vehicles. Yeah, this is something that I really warn people about. This market is not sustainable. These vehicles are not sustainable. The infrastructure for these vehicles is not there. Even if you had the ability to put in these massive substations and huge charging platforms all across the country and actually have them function, have enough nuclear power plants and coal-burning power plants to be able to feed these, you would have so much strain on the electrical infrastructure in people's cars because you'd have, you know, they want their, their goal is 80, 90% of the vehicles on the road to be full electric. The amount of money that would be being spent as far as to maintain these vehicle infrastructure platforms with all this electrical grid would be astronomical. Not to mention within eight to 10 years, these vehicles are virtually worth almost nothing because the battery life starts to decrease so far that people know, okay, if I buy the car and it's a 10-year-old EV, I only have maybe a couple years of usage left in the vehicle and it's scrapped. This is why insurance rates on Tesla has gone through the roof 
Because if you get a minor fender bender, a lot of times they're salvaging. They're, they're totaling out these cars that are worth forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 now with a minor accident because everything essentially is one giant battery with a cab built around it. So you can't just go in and change a couple body panels, take out an A-arm or control arm on the suspension, swap it out. No, like everything basically is done. And then you have to try to get parts for it. And they're saying there's the liability exposure because these cars catch on fire so easily when they do – they catch on fire. I mean, I talked to my couple of good firefighters I know right across the street. We had the Arbonne Fire Department right across the street. I talked to them about seven, eight months ago. They had a big event they were having, and Hunter went through the uh, fire truck, and he was having a blast. They were showing him all this stuff. And I asked him, I said, what in the world's going on with this EV world? I said, because I've been hearing these things if they catch on fire. He goes, oh, he goes, it's insane. He goes, we're having to have full-blown, updated, ongoing classes now to train everyone how to handle EV fires because they take between four to six times more water than essentially the regular internal combustion engine that catches on fire. Because we have to sit there sometimes for hours to put these things out, and then the lithium battery lights up again. It hits another cell, lights up again. we got to hose it back down again. He goes, it's insanity. And so this is the problem with this market is that it's not sustainable. It's not green, no matter what they tell you. The reliability isn't there. The resale value isn't there. And yet now you're actually starting to see these shares in these companies that are really starting to sound the alarm for the – demand is starting to slow on these cars. And so this is something that I brought up. I've continued to encourage people. The only way this stops and this starts to pull back is people stop supporting this crap. They stop buying these vehicles. They stop going in and basically investing in them, period. And you can see now there's a lot of pullback on these cars because the whole entire premise of the EV vehicle market has nothing to do with emissions. We told you about the research that came out now where they discuss that an EV car has to drive roughly 70,000 miles in order to just net out a zero balance on the amount of emissions that, say, a Volkswagen Jetta does. 70,000 miles it has to drive in order to actually reach the same emissions that the Jetta does because of the lithium and the strip mining and the machinery and the processing and all these drying lakes that they have and the massive amount of tires they burn through because they're so heavy and, 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 and. The list just goes up the line. And so what we've seen now is here this market isn't sustainable. It's not functional. And now you're starting to see some of these manufacturers are saying this whole thing's a sham because what it's designed to do, it's designed to monitor you, watch you, and control essentially what you can and can't do and where you can and can't go. That's why these charging stations are already restricted in some places to 70 to 80 percent of your max battery capacity or else you get this massive charge, massive expense if you try to charge it more than that or some of them won't even do it. There's a lot of places I've asked guys that I've talked to about it. They said, dude, you can't go over 80%. It stops you. It caps you. Did you put in your destination? I need to go 250 miles. Okay. Well, we'll make sure you have 280 miles to get to your destination. That's it. What? So you're already dictating on these charging stations how far people are allowed to drive based on the essentially the AI systems and the components that are going into these? No, nah, that's going to be a hard pass for me. But that's exactly what the entire concept of what they're wanting to do with the World Economic Forum. This is why they're bringing in so much crime into these cities. This is why they're doing all this alleged reform with zero-dollar bail and essentially going in and uh, finding these – allowing these criminals to do anything and everything they want, which is ironic to me. And so this is crazy. Now, pictures have emerged from CVS stores in Washington, D.C., where they have now put framed images 
of toilet paper and other products in the store instead of having the real products up there in order to stop people from stealing it. You, I'm going to post this. You guys can look at these photos today. The crime is so rampant in these democratically run cities now that they're actually having to put photos, picture frames with photos of the product in the picture frame, and you got to push a buzzer notify the attendant that's working there of what products you want, how many you want. They're going to the back stock room that's locked up with lock and key and getting the product for you, taking to the front and basically checking it out for you. There's another article from this, this, this guy put it out. He said, this is from the CVS on 8th Street in Washington, D.C. Due to the out-of-control theft, they now put away almost all items and have photographs of what's in stock. You press the button and ask the sales associate to get what you need. He goes, ironically enough, here's a photo in Barcelona, Spain, where I was just at last week, where they have MacBooks out and open for people to pick up and take to the front of the store and purchase them. In New York City, they have to lock up mouthwash behind plexiglass because people are stealing it so rampantly. There's another one now at Target in Queens. Items like toothpaste, razors, deodorant, detergent. Everything now is behind these plexiglass doors, and you have to get an attendant to open it, or you have to scan a QR phone, which, ironically enough, I already told you about that. Another one in Minneapolis, same thing. Every single aisle now has plexiglass with locked doors on it. Another one now at Target in Los Angeles. They can confirm that all detergent, water, basically detergent and deodorant and other personal hygiene products are now behind plexiglass with baby formula now put there as well. And they said you have seen people waiting up to 45 minutes in order to just get basic soap because they're waiting on attendance because they're so busy trying to get this stuff out of here. Walgreens, upstate New York, basically all the products locked up. This is what's going on now in these major cities because they're allowing these criminals to do this. They're telling people you can't do anything about it. And so now this is the whole goal of it. What I've told you before is they want to make sure everything is restricted. They can go in now and say, okay, listen, you've got to get the app on your phone. So we can monitor you. You've got to get your QR code and you've got to scan the QR code and you're allowed to buy one one thing of deodorant right now. You're allowed to buy one jug of water. Oh, yeah, here you go. Oh, you're only allowed to buy three entree foods right now because of uh, we're doing rationing as far as on on products. We want to make sure everything's safe and everybody has a chance. You're restricted to this many items now. That's where this is going, guys. This whole thing was set up from the beginning. They knew what they were doing with the bail reform. They knew what they were doing with the $0 bail. They knew what they were doing with the criminals being brought in from all over the world. Now we've seen millions of them descend in this country, and they knew that the next phase, because these retailers were losing so much money, was more restrictions, more control. That's why there's some places now that are actually going in, and you've got to do facial recognition. You've got to look at a photo. You've got to look at a, a screen, look at a camera in order to walk in the storm be let in this is all being set up so again support local businesses that respect your freedom and secondly of that if you live in some of these really 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 nasty cities i would highly suggest looking at an exit strategy in the near future just being honest with that regardless of you know what real estate's looking like or where you're going because quite frankly some of these major cities they're literally a powder keg you're going to have one major event and these places are going to turn literally into you know mad max style lunatics and the problem with it is you're going to see a lot of these local governments, they're not going to do anything about it because that's what they want to have happen. Also, to another news, speaking of the crazy things in the world with the COVID shots, this is interesting now. 
there's an article that's come out from Steve Kirsch, and he's talking to multiple doctors now about the alleged contamination of the vaccines, the alleged vaccines. Now they're saying that the mRNA varieties of which were found to contain plasmid bioactive contaminant sequences that were never revealed to authorities as far as prior to the emergency use authorization. You want to say here that the US FDA was never told by Pfizer or Moderna that the respective messenger RNA shots were contaminated. He said anyone such now should be able to sue these manufacturers. The FDA is now at a crossroad, Kirsch says. Either they admit that they knew about the plasma contamination and failed to disclose that to the public and the communities, or they claim they didn't know about it, in which case Pfizer is liable. But you have essentially Pfizer documents that were given to the FDA that we know the FDA got, and they knew what was in this when it came to disclosure of the SV40 contamination. So this is an interesting point now because we're looking through all this research that we were never privy to before the shot came out about what was in these shots. And secondly, now, you also have the Michigan remdesivir case. There's also the one in California. And the Michigan judge now ruled last week for the first time that a drug manufacturer was not protected by the PREP Act, the Public Readiness Emergency Preparedness Act that was put into place during COVID. I told you about this because a man suffered two strokes and a leg amputation after receiving remdesivir. Now, what's interesting about this now, more and more uh, law firms are starting to go after this now because remdesivir was not fully disclosed toxins and what it did to the body, how it shut down the organs, how it blew out the kidneys, how it grenaded the liver, and how it continued to wreak havoc after on people, even after they were off of it and out of the hospital and months of side effects after that. So again, I've encouraged people, get the truth out there about this. If these class actions start hitting multiple states, in my opinion, I would be involved in them if you have a loved one or friends or family that died or became incredibly sick from remdesivir. There has to be some accountability with this, and this stuff has to go viral because, quite frankly, this has happened way too many times with these pharmaceutical companies that they get away with this. They pay a fine, and they just move on with their whatever, move on with their business and do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Pfizer is one of the most corrupt pharmaceutical companies in the entire world. I did a whole show one day on them discussing how dozens and dozens and dozens of lawsuits that they have lost and been fined billions upon billions of dollars for unbelievably horrific practices that they did and they were involved in. And yet everything, they pay a fine, they have it on a shell company that's under another shell company that basically is under another shell company. They dissolve those companies and then they turn around and pay the fine through those companies and they do business as usual. This has to be exposed for what they really are. And people have to realize that in the vast majority of cases, the pharmaceutical company and the doctors that work for them and get direct kickbacks in some cases are not your friends. I'm just saying that. Now, there's some really good doctors out there. There's some really good physicians out there. There's some really good pediatricians out there. But in my opinion, from what I've personally seen, a higher percentage of them are not good. And you're starting to have that get exposed now with what's been seen with the pediatrician's offices and the push of the Blue Cross Blue Shield and other things like that. And so, again, it's really important. You do your own research. Like Dad said, you don't have to believe everything I say. You don't believe everything he says. But continue to get the truth out there as much as you possibly can and continue to encourage others to do the same because there's a very, very, very real war right now. We're in the middle of a health war. We have been for years now in a push to do everything they can to make people as sick as they can and control the narrative while telling them it's all for your safety and protection, when in reality, it's the complete opposite. What do you think, Dad? Uh, the, uh, the war, remdesivir, the bioweapon, you know, we've said to, to our listeners so many times over the years, I mean, the, the COVID you know, flu, it was serious. I mean, people died from it. People couldn't breathe from it. People were hospitalized over it. I mean, normal flus don't do that. 
But, you know, unless you were over the age of, you know, 60 and you had comorbidities or you were obese, you know, it was pretty easy to mitigate the symptoms and ameliorate them using supplements. It really was. And, you know, a lot of doctors came out of tremendous scrutiny and they, you know, had their licenses taken away and everything else for just saying that statement. But, you know, we saw that happen, you know, personally with, you know, people who were, you know, using the D3 and the zinc and, you know, and also who were taking the ivermectin or the hydroxychloroquine and all the other things that were available out there in order to help mitigate the damages of, you know, of a flu type virus that had been basically, you know, bioweapon engineered to become much more dangerous and deadly out of China. We, we've talked about this in depth. But the real, the real deal was that remdesivir when they got him in the hospital and they put him on that drug that would cause organ failure and the hospitals were getting, you know, $100,000 or whatever it was in order to put down the death as being COVID. You know, people were dying on motorcycles and being, you know, dismembered on a motorcycle and the death was listed as COVID. I mean, it was insanity what happened and the fraud that took place. I mean, why are these hospitals not being held accountable now for what they did with the fraud? And on and on it goes. And so now the you know the pipers come to, to talk to the world about you know remdesivir and all the different things associated with that. But notice Austin how it's a mainstream news blackout with all of that. They're not mentioning any of it because they were complicit also in pushing these drugs and complicit in pushing these people with the ventilators and all the rest of this stuff. It's all part of the deep population eugenics protocol controlled by the Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan, which is why I say. When you have your heart and minds in Christ Jesus and you begin to realize all of the stuff that's going on around you, you can still walk in peace and walk in love because you're not dealing with them any longer having control over you. Now you're being led by the Holy Spirit and through the Most High God, and that's where we all need to live. I love you guys. Finish it up, Austin, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest factors in all of that is being well-read and well-educated on topics. You know, a well-educated, well-read population is very difficult to control. They are. They're very difficult to manipulate because they'll stick a step back and they'll question. They'll say, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. This is what this and this and this says. This is what I've researched. This seems to be facts. Why are you telling me the complete opposite and telling me it's truth? Well, then you have a situation where if you're debating that with someone, they now have to rebuttal you. They don't have to come up with a rebuttal to your truth, which means they have to try to come up with more lies to rebuttal your truth, which makes it very difficult to keep the narrative going. This is why, as I say repeatedly, anytime somebody in authority tells you you can't ask them a question, you can't have a debate, you can't have an open dialogue discussion with them, and you essentially have to obey what they tell you because what they say is science, as Anthony Fauci said, if you don't listen to me, you're anti-science. I am science. Really? Really? Are you? I mean, one of the most corrupt individuals now that we have found out that ran the NIH for decades, now directly tied in all these different things with this COVID shot, with the COVID virus, going in with the CIA and telling them how to make sure they push it further? Yes, of course. This is what you see every single time. And individuals that are drunk with power, that are basically obsessed with their own authority, they tell you, you can't question anything. But the difference is, when you're educated, when you're sharp, when you're well-read, you have the ability to question these things. You have the ability to come in and say, nah, man, that's, that's not okay. That's, that's not okay. What you're telling me doesn't make any sense. And so, again, this is why it's so important to become really, really well-versed. There's really no excuse anymore for people to not know what's happening. I mean, I mean that sincerely. I mean, the World Wide Web, you can find out any topic on research, on science, especially if you do your own digging and don't just Google CNN and other stupid websites like that that just put out fake news. You actually can do your own research. This is something that's really, really wild, and this is something that's really changed the world for good and for bad because you have a lot of people now that literally just have become so – such absentee Americans, I guess you could say. They don't want to question anything. 
they just simply are okay in their little world. And this is one of the reasons why they want to push the metaverse and they want to push the virtual augmented reality goggles. They want to make people basically live in this other little fantasy world because that way they never question anything and they're easier to control. So again, my friends, continue to get the truth out there, continue to question the narrative, continue to stay strong and healthy, continue to exercise. One of the best things you can continue to do is eat clean, take proper supplements, and exercise at least on a semi-regular basis. I'm not telling people to go and be a gym rat in the gym for two or three hours a day. That's quite frankly, that's not healthy once you get older either. You know, but going in and making sure you're getting adequate exercise and cardio on a regular basis. You're getting your blood pressure maintained at a healthy level. You're maintaining lean muscle mass. You're maintaining endurance and cardio. These things are important because, as I told you guys earlier. We're watching the phases of everything come in. We're seeing the writing on the wall, so to speak, and the reference of that. We know it's about to start happening here in the United States and how it's going to be our job as Americans to defend this country, protect one another, and support one another. And the only way to do that is to feel good and be sharp and be well-read. Because I've told you guys before, I've always laughed when I've talked to people before that, you know, we're fairly awake with their patriots, but they're, you know, 400 pounds. They lay on the couch all day and watch TV and eat Doritos. And they tell me about all these things they are going to do. Something happens. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And I'm like, bro, you can't even walk up a flight of stairs without almost giving them a cardiac arrest. That's not healthy, bro. How are you planning to do anything formidable, period? So, again, being strong, being educated is crucial to that. And you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us at healthmasters.com. Continue to support your local companies that are getting the truth out there. Thank you for supporting Health Masters. We do this every day for you to get the truth out there. We couldn't do it without you. That's why your support of Health Masters makes such a difference and allowing us to bring the show to you every single day, Monday through Friday, without ads, without commercials, without any interruptions whatsoever. So you guys can get it, forward it, and go look up all the links on the website if you need that too. We post all the links. All of them are going to be on the website today of what I've talked about and what Dad's talked about. So be sure to check it out. Healthmasters.com if you guys need anything. Product of the week, HGH Stimulate. Amazing formula right now on sale for over 12% off. Be sure to check it out at healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.